sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. 8 New Week begins on the last day of the month of May, right here live on SportsGrid and the morning after. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the morning after live all across the grid. Sirius XM channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. We hope you had an enjoyable holiday weekend and got some time off, got to appreciate why we had the day off yesterday and enjoyed some sports along the way because it was a great weekend here as we end out the month of may where championships are all around and it's always a pleasure to begin a new week live with you here on sports grid but when that comes following a long holiday weekend on a tuesday and it's tangy tuesday to start off a new week live here on the morning after that's how you know it's really really good especially when the morning after becomes the early after as kevin walsh old k dubs joins us here live on tma on this tuesday k dubs we are so glad to have you here today to get into a lot that we need to around the association in major league baseball as we are about to enter a new month the month of june begins tomorrow yeah listen there's a, there's a lot to get to here the people I, you were robbed of what would have been a legendary Tuesday. Yeah. Had a couple of things, bounced a couple of different directions. Uh, but because of that, I've decided to skip town. I am gone mm. the rest. That's not why. That was It was pre-planned. But uh, look, here's the deal, folks. I got a nice little vacay coming my way. I had to make sure. It, even if my normal day wasn't a Tuesday, I had to make sure I came right back here to the morning after to throw it down and set it all up. This is some of the final content you'll see from Kevin Walsh until next week. That's how you know it's going to be incredibly tangy. Now, Kevin mentioned it could have been tangier had a pull-up three gone in for Jimmy <sighs> Butler in game number seven in South Beach between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics in the finale of the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what we got on Sunday of this Memorial Day weekend. But instead, Boston advances to its first NBA championship series in 12 years 196 as we look back now on game seven to set the stage for the nba finals kev boston covering as a three-point favorite favored in the final five games of the eastern conference finals a total of 198 still somehow some way in a game seven stays under it could have been especially tangy on this mm -hmm. tuesday but boston prevails going back to the nba championship with a win in game seven on the road over the miami heat your thoughts i guess the positive spin is if it went the other way i might have not been invited on by a certain producer here's the deal do i wish tyler hero stayed healthy and available and please don't sell me on his seven minutes of e-mobile basketball as if to say oh he was out there sure so was i so was dj khaled at one point if that's what we're going to qualify as out there well i wish he stayed healthy and available sure but at the end of the day the miami heat Played all four games at home during this series that you could. And they lost three of those four games. A team that was basically untouchable to open this postseason at home. They won every single game that Jimmy Butler played at home by double digits in Atlanta series, in the Philly series, and the first game of this series. Then they lost 
three consecutive basketball games in Miami. That cannot happen if you are the Miami Heat. And I'll be darned if I don't bring the radio audience in on a tangy Tuesday because you got to know that you are watching, listening, and enjoying the morning after. I'm Kevin Walsh, BSS, commands the ship there. Ben Scott Stevens, Sirius XM, Channel 159. The, the reality for Miami, Jimmy gave you 35. How about Bama to bio? Hey, that's right, buddy. Congratulations. You're allowed to play good. You're allowed to play well. 25 and 11. Chipped in four dimes. Lowry was hit or miss. 15 points. Max Truss had a, a few shots. I think benching Duncan Robinson ultimately was a whiff from Eric Spolstra. But at the end of the day, I have but no choice to give the Celtics their credit. They came out. They took a 15-point lead at the end of one they trailed for every, or they led for nearly every single second of this basketball game. They made big shots to keep Miami at bay for a lot of this game. And they're going to the NBA Finals. Yes, again, I wish Tyler Hero stayed healthy. I don't think that's enough for me to come on here and undercut, though, the Celtics' accomplishments to take three of the four in Miami is special and a credit to that team. The Seas led by 13 points with three minutes and 35 seconds remaining in that final and fourth quarter. Miami rallied. Jimmy Butler did have a shot to take the lead with just about 20 seconds yeah. left, but it falls short. Boston prevails. Again, 196, the final in Game 7. The Celtics covering as a three-point road favorite. The Eastern Conference Finals MVP for the first time in the history of the association. That goes to Jason Tatum, aptly named after Larry Bird, a Boston Celtics, claims the first Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart combined for 74 points in game number seven, led by Jason Tatum with 26 points, a team high for the Celtics. All credit in the world to Jimmy Butler, 35 in game seven, playing every single minute, 47 in game six, playing all but two minutes, but... It's the Boston Celtics on to the NBA Finals. A quick look at the outright price for the championship. The Larry O'Brien Trophy. The Warriors, the favorites at minus 160. The Celtics, the series underdog for the NBA Finals at plus 130. We'll dive into that number in the early line here on the morning after for game number one on Thursday. Stay with us here on Sportsbook. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The NBA Finals on the horizon. Thursday night in San Francisco. The Golden State Warriors in the Boston Celtics. Welcome back to the morning after on this tangy Tuesday, live right here on Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens, and you know who's here on a tangy Tuesday. It's OK Dubs. It's Kevin Walsh. And as we preview everything from the NBA Finals, recapping the Eastern Conference Finals finale as well, you know what that means. It's the early after. The power of two great programs here live on Sports Grid in your morning hours. Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts, alongside Donnie Wrightside of the Early Line each and every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and that leads into us here on the morning after we bring you until 11 a.m. Eastern. So you have the Early Line, the morning after, 
together in one. That's what we call the early after. And we'll look at the NBA Finals in game number one, the early line of game number one of the NBA Championship Series between the Celtics and the Warriors. Kev, we showed you the price for the series outright number for the NBA Finals. Golden State, a favorite. Thus, it makes sense to see the favorite to win the NBA Finals MVP. That would be mm. Stephen Curry, plus 105 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. He won the Western Conference Finals MVP in that series against the Dallas Mavericks. As we showed you in our most previous segment, Jason Tatum, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, the second best price to win the NBA Finals Most Valuable Player at plus 180. But it was not unanimous, Kevin Walsh. And as we round things out from game number seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, as we said, Boston up by 13 points, with just about three and a half minutes left in regulation. Miami rallies, cutting it to a two-point deficit. Jimmy Butler gets out in transition, has an opportunity for the lead, pulls up from three. It falls just short. Only 20 seconds remaining, Kev, at that time. Miami pushing the pace, trying to tie the basketball game or potentially take the lead. What did you make of the decision by Jimmy Butler to hoist that trip? I didn't like the shot at all. I didn't like the shot at all. Jimmy is going downhill, world of momentum at Al Horford. Al Horford, I understand, a good defensive player, had multiple blocks already in the game. Jimmy had been finishing at a high rate, Decent chance that he could have been fouled by Al Horford, right? Refs were refs were willing to blow the whistle, I think, in that spot. And maybe he comes away with an N1 opportunity. Now, there is one aspect of this, though, that is driving me insane when, as far as the people who were defending that decision by Jimmy Butler. Mm. There are a lot of people who are starting to say, ah, oh, Jimmy Butler's actually a good three-point shooter. Is the new spin we're going with there. Mm, that's a stretch. For the people that say, great shot by Jimmy Butler, because he knew that if they went to overtime, they were going to lose, you are all nuts and embarrassing yourselves. He grabbed that rebound, and two seconds late, that's not hyperbole, two seconds later, the shot was in the air. If you think my man went, all right, class, I got to tell you, folks, we are toasted overtime. Let it fly. No, that's crazy. That's nonsense. Maybe you think Boston would have obviously won overtime. I don't know what you're basing that off of. Miami was playing significantly better basketball. Boston hadn't made a field goal in the last four minutes of the game. The game is in Miami. They're starting to overwhelm that team. Monsoon, that team, the defense is picking up. It feels like they've got all of the momentum in the world. I wanted Jimmy to attack, Ben, because I think they would have won the game in overtime mm. there. And also for the sh great sh shot on the three, if you make it, you win the game. It wasn't at the buzzer. You still had to go play defense on the other side. So, yeah. again, I Jimmy Butler has earned the right to shoot whatever heck shot he wants. I didn't like right. the shot. But the people that think that Jimmy took that shot because he, in two seconds, knew despite having the most irrational confidence of maybe any NBA player in the world, that they were going to lose in overtime, you're embarrassing yourselves, sticking your chest out with a take that Jimmy Butler would smack you if he heard. 
I would agree with that final assessment. I also agree with one of your points. The reason I didn't mind the shot, Kevin, I didn't love it. It wasn't the greatest offensive possession we've ever seen Eric Spolster draw up by any means, but it's the point you made right there. Jimmy Butler has earned the right to take that shot. And frankly, where he stands in the pantheon of today's current NBA climate, if that goes in, it only furthers his legend. And he's earned the right to take that opportunity, although shooting a three is not the best part of his game. As we saw in game six, 47 points for Jimmy Buckets. As we saw in game seven, 35 points, but a couple points left off the board. That might have been a difference in game number seven. Regardless, the Boston Celtics victorious in the Eastern Conference Finals back to the NBA championship for the first time in 12 seasons. The Golden State Warriors in very familiar territory back in the NBA Final Series for the sixth time in the last eight years. This is the early after, which means we need an early line look at game number one on Thursday night in San Francisco. The Golden State Warriors booked as a three and a half point home favorite right now live on the FanDuel Sportsbook and over under that currently stands at 211 and a half. Kev, throughout the coming days here, the next 48 hours on the morning after, we'll dive into this game, give you our full-blown breakdown of everything you need to know for game number one in San Francisco two nights from now. But big picture, early look at this line with Golden State laying three and a half at home. Where do you think this is going to go by the time we get to tip on Thursday? So I, I think it's actually more likely to go towards four than three and a half because I think you're going to hear an overarching narrative about the rest in Golden State's favor. Hmm. I think that's a bit of a misnomer, though. Yes, Golden State has not played, well, basically had a week off in between games. Boston is going to have a delightful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday break. And for the Celtics, that's going to feel like a decade. As somebody that has to wake up very early to get rocking and rolling here on the grid, 20 minutes at 5.30 in the morning, it Ooh. like roughly translates to two hours at a normal time during the day. For the Celtics who keep battling seven-game wars, they might act. They might go to Cancun for for uh, for Tuesday and you know and just enjoy themselves there. So I think Boston will still be rested. So I don't don't go too far. But that is, it's a great question. My expectation would be four as opposed mm. to the flat three. Golden State has been favored in 14 of their 16 games this postseason. The only two times booked as a dog, three and slightly in game four of that Western Conference Finals in Dallas against the Mavericks. Golden State struggled to cover numbers early on, booked as a favorite, but now... They have covered in five of their last six. Boston, as an underdog this postseason, has been fantastic. They've been booked as a dog seven times. They are six and one against the number, winning outright in five of those six covers. This is the highest total for the Celtics right now at 211 and a half. This, uh, the Boston has seen in the last eight games. It is the lowest total of the entire playoff run for the Golden State Warriors, who have gone over in 10 of their 16 postseason games. Kev, we mentioned Jason Tatum, the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Steph Curry, the Western Conference Finals MVP. But it was his splash brother in Clay Thompson with a game-high 32 points in the series-clinching game five victory. Early thoughts on their props and maybe their overall performance for this NBA Finals. So Steph has obviously been a guy that's been great at home for a lot of the postseason, even if he wasn't great in game number five. Clay? Eh? Yep. Like, let me put it to you like this. 
Clay made 15 threes in that series against Dallas. Eight of those came in game five. We'll get to, I believe, so kind of a full finals prediction here. We don't want to give anything away. I'll just tell you this, folks. That's not 2016 Clay Thompson that puts that headband on and holds up six. Like, yeah, he'll do that once, Clay Thompson. So you got to pick your spots when you're betting Clay overs. Kev mentioned it. A full-blown NBA Finals preview and prediction up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Then there were two, two teams remaining in the hunt for a Larry O'Brien trophy as the NBA champions this time around. Welcome back to the morning after on this tangy Tuesday, live right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Kevin Walsh for the entirety of this opening hour of a TMA Tangy Tuesday, I am Ben Stevens. The NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors booked as a series favorite at minus 160 against the Boston Celtics, a series underdog, plus 130. Those are the outright numbers. The series spread, Golden State laying the game and a half, plus 148, nearly a dollar and a half if you want to back the dubs as the series favorites on that spread as well. And the most likely outcome in terms of a total games, how many will we see in the NBA Finals? That would be seven at plus 185, but only five cents of difference between seven and six games. That's plus 190. Kevin Walsh is here, though. He has seen all of these numbers. He has studied every price available on the FanDuel Sportsbook for the NBA championship between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. So now, without further ado, it's time for the prediction for the NBA Finals of OK Dubs. Kevin, the floor is yours. So this is obviously an interesting spot. If you have followed the breakdowns, you know that these are probably the two teams that have caught the most slander from yours truly. A slander off, if you will. Now, a lot of people think I'm backed into a corner. One of these teams is going to win the title. Yeah, but one of them's going to lose. So don't worry. I'll be just fine. But as it pertains to these two teams, one has still left me wanting more. I've been less impressed by one than everybody else because this team is the darling of everybody's eye. The other team, they've impressed the heck out of me. The other team has proven me wrong time and time again. Giannis's building. Yeah, we'll take that. Game six, mm-hmm. why don't you show up to our house? That's how you close a series. Miami, South Beach. Yeah, we'll take three of those. Thank you very much. Jason Tatum, is he a top five player? Certainly not, folks. I was always right. Jimmy's better. Boy, this would be easy if Jimmy actually replaced a young Jason Tatum. That dude is going to step up and going to have a big series, no doubt about it, BSS. Jalen Brown has shown you he's going to average 25. He'll have one really ugly game. He's going to get you 30, and that's going to be a big game when he does. Mark is smart as somebody I actually might be higher on than some Celtics fans that I know, even if he is a pain 
to watch. Although I think Grant Williams is actually significantly more annoying. Robert Williams is fantastic. And the gap that exists in between finals games is great for him. So now he doesn't have to play a random 12-minute game number three because he is exhausted. I think you're going to get the 25-plus on a consistent basis from a guy who actually sneaky might have been the most deserving DPOI candidate on that Boston Celtics team. Al Horford just does whatever they need. Hey, Al, can you get hot from deep? I got you. Can you protect the rim? Can you crash the glass? Whatever you need is what Al Horford has been providing. And here is the big gap. I said a while back I expected the Eastern Conference to win the NBA championship. Yes, Golden State has been the best offense during this postseason. This is, by a lot, the worst defense Boston will play. They are going to step out onto that floor, and they might be crying as they head into the locker room at half with how much free space they have feeling like they are finally free, away from Giannis and the Bucks, and away from P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, and the Miami Heat. This team is 7-2 and two on the road during these playoffs. They have mm. impressed at every single stop. They are going to have huge offensive performances, and when it comes to getting a stop, I trust them significantly more on that side of the basketball. Smart on Steph, I'm living with. Wiggins on Tatum, thank you very much. And truthfully, there is a legitimate chance that the best defensive player in this series is not Draymond or Marcus Smart. It's Robert Williams. I like the Celtics in six games, Ben, to win the NBA championship. What a heel turn from our very own Kevin Walsh. The Boston Celtics back home inside the hallow halls of TD Garden winning the NBA championship in six games also nobody is better than kevin walsh at poetry in motion the soliloquies that you'll find here on a tangy tuesday and even when he is complimenting the team that has proven to him they can win an nba finals and hoist the larry o'brien trophy still some slander in there a little pokey poke at jason tatum i absolutely love it so that's the series prediction kev boston in six games. Let's look at how we match up that prediction with the value and the numbers on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And there's always an interesting market that is only available prior to the opening game of any postseason series. A game one slash series parlay. Who wins the first game outright? Who wins the series outright? And Kev, these numbers are very interesting to me, especially when you go to the final two options, the longest prices on the board. That if Boston pulls off the upset in game number one, which would not shock anybody, the idea that Golden State could still win the series is a very long price at plus 480. We have seen throughout this postseason for both the Warriors and the Celtics, really around the NBA, home court's been slightly overvalued in my mind both teams can win on the road but both teams can take a game on the road maybe when they're not expected to what do you make of this market here in terms of that game one outright victory and winning the series overall yeah obviously you're going to go on they're, they're shorter numbers for those correlated results the, the one that does jump out to me on that golden state boston i mean look those numbers are so incredibly enticing here's why if boston wins game one right? What do we think their price is going to be to win the series? Minus 130? Minus yep. 125? Yep. I got Golden State at plus 480 all of a sudden to win the series. Yep. And, and, and vice versa. If Golden State does win game number one, 
they're going to go to what? Minus 230, minus 240 yep. range? Yeah, mm-hmm. Boston at a plus 390. So I think I think you're on to it. You're all of a sudden, you know, getting a lot of value kind of on that inverse notion. But truthfully, look, there's a lot of value here actually in this. If you have a world of conviction in game number one, again, Golden State wins that first game, their series price obviously is not plus 110. So there's there's a lot of intrigue. I, I totally agree, Ben, when you look here at, at this market. Like, if you love, love, love Golden State in game one, and you bet the Golden State, Golden State, and then the Golden State, Boston kind of deal, and you just have Golden State a plus, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's so many different yeah. ways you can attack this market. I'll say this for me. I think Boston's live in game one. I think Golden State obviously is rightfully favored in the basketball game. I have less conviction as we sit here on a Tuesday around game one. Of course, it's three and a half. It's not the largest spread we have seen by any means in either Golden State's favor or working against the C's. But again, Boston as an underdog this postseason, six and one against the spread, five of those six covers coming by way of an outright victory. So mm-hmm. that's how things set up. And Kev, you mentioned Boston in six games. Normally you could take that to a series correct score market and predict that exact price. That's not available right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, at least at my last check. And Kev, if you've seen differently, please let me know. But maybe you lay the game and a half or take the game and a half, I should say, with Boston, although you got to pay the price to do so. Maybe an alternate series spread, or maybe we look correct score after three games. Kev, first two games in San Francisco, Golden State the home team. Then we flip it back to Boston for game number three. How do you think this series looks in the early going? Yeah, so again, I I have no reason to believe that Boston walks out of Golden State anything other than 1-1. Haven't lost back-to-back games. Ridiculous on the road. I have every reason to believe that they're 1-1. If you feel the same way as I do, then, again, you kind of start to think about game number three. But it's my only thing with this, Ben, is plus 180, plus 130. It's not a world of value. So, yeah, I think Boston probably goes up 2-1, right? That would be my early expectations here. But I'm not sure I love the number I'm getting on that, even if that's what I think it's going to be. It'll be very interesting to see. If the Celtics are a a three-and-a-half-point underdog, let's say game number one is relatively close. We know that if the the same two teams stay in the same city and there's not a huge injury, that number's probably around three, three three-and-a-half for game number two as well. It will be so interesting to see what Boston is laying at home inside TD Garden. So that's the team and the series prices overall. We take it a step further here, Kev, individually. We said Steph Curry, the favorite to win the NBA Finals MVP at plus 105. Jason Tatum, the second best price at plus 180. And then it falls all the way off to Jalen Brown at 10 to 1. But to be the series leading scorer, it's Jason Tatum as an odds on minus money favorite, Kev. I guess it makes sense because the Warriors are minus 160 to win the NBA Finals outright. You correlate that with the best player. But Jason Tatum could score the most points on average in this series. And it still might go the way of the Golden State Warriors and maybe even Steph. So here's the really interesting thing and why Tatum's the rightful favorite. Even though, listen, we know Tatum's going to give he's going to give you three for 15, a horrendous game at one of these points. Steph has had a single-digit performance now in each of the rounds so far. Steph Curry does not have a game where he scored 35 points yet this postseason. Jason Tatum is going to give you at least one, if not two, 35-plus point games, though, in this series. From a volume perspective, you have to give Tatum that edge, Ben. He, like, 
If you go offer me a yes, no, does Tatum score 40 once during this series? You'd have to say yes. And the yes might be slightly plus money. Jason Tatum, his points prop for game number one, 28 and a half. Steph's 27 and a half. Plenty to come for game number one of the NBA Finals. But Kev's prediction, the Boston Celtics hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy in six games. Now we flip it to baseball up next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After the NBA Finals really come to a close, Tangy Tuesdays with Kevin Walsh are going to be all about Major League Baseball. Will we get some slander across the diamond? Well, I guess we'll have to find out. Maybe we'll hear some on this Tuesday, live on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. He is Kevin Walsh. Now time for the weekend in review across Major League Baseball. Yesterday on Memorial Day, a, a day we are grateful for all the sacrifices at the highest level out there and also a big day for the bigs. Major League Baseball on full display yesterday. And Kev, the Dodgers are tied with your Yankees for the best record in all of MLB. 33-15 and 15 straight up to begin this year. Now really going on the end of our second month of the Major League Baseball regular season. But the Dodgers against the Pittsburgh Pirates... One and three this year. The Buccos have taken three of four against L.A., including last night, winning six to five on the road inside Dodger Stadium. So anyway, we'll peel it back for just a moment here. The Dodgers still 33 and 15 have been booked as a favorite in 47 of their 48 games. Kev, oftentimes and regardless of what relative part of life we're looking at here, when you build things up with very high expectations, it's hard to live up to those big standards we put into place. But both the Dodgers, the Yankees, two of the biggest brands in all of the sport, are living up to those high expectations this year. What do you make of what you've seen out of the Dodgers so far? Yeah, so the thing with the Dodgers is, look, it's one thing to have the best run differential. Nobody scored more runs. Nobody's given up fewer runs. I mean, it is... It's ridiculous. They are as good as advertised. Here's the thing, I guess. And I'm, I, by the way, like the Dodgers should be World Series favorites as long as they yep. win their division. Nothing's going to change that. There isn't a single team in Major League Baseball that'd be favored over them in a series. Okay, but you go through the Dodgers, right? I mean, this team has been in the playoffs every year since 2013. 90 plus wins every single year. The I, I, like the shortened season was their best winning percentage, period. That was the only year they won the World Series. The Dodgers have overall, Ben, been a disappointment. Truthfully, mm. like they have a title or bust roster, and it's been bust way more than title. Now, typically, they end up losing to the World Series champion. I, be I believe that that is true now for four or five years in a row, or the, the year they yeah. won, right? Atlanta, the Nationals eliminated them, and then they lost in the World Series twice. So, again, th this team goes far. They're incredible. But the Dodgers, like, again, like they're the World Series favorites. I'm not betting them at plus 450. Uh, we'll get there. We'll see how the bracket lines up, make sure they win the West, 
and everything is kind of good from that point on. They're unbelievably impressive, but their title or bust, they have busted more often than not. And that's a great point, right? Because that's the expectation. When you're booked as the favorites to win the NL pennant, when you're booked as the favorites all year long, even in the preseason to win the World Series, that's your expectation. Not getting to the divisional round or making sure you win your divisional crown. It's winning a World Series. So far, the Dodgers tie with the best record in the bigs alongside the Yankees have lived up to that expectation. But the expectation for the Dodgers isn't through the month of May. It's through the month of October into early November and hopefully winning a World Series. Victorious in 2020, not last year, in 2021. Getting bounced in the National League Championship Series against the eventual World Series champs in the Atlanta Braves and Kev mentions it making sure they keep pace to top the National League West a division they did not win a season ago that went to the San Francisco Giants the Giants will be in contention this year as will the San Diego Padres keeping pace so far despite a six to three loss yesterday against the St. Louis Cardinals and again Kevin as we tie this all in the expectation mm -hmm. for LA is to win the National League pennant but the depth in the NL will have something to say about that how do you assess that depth in the National League, maybe despite the Dodgers or the Mets or the Brewers right now as your three divisional frontrunners? So that's it, it's an interesting kind of way you pose that, right? Of If you had to go outside of those top three who are all, what, minus 280 or better now to win yep. their respective divisions, who would you take a look at? I think the easy answer is the right answer, though. The team with the fourth best record who arguably doesn't have their best player. Manny Machado deserves to be considered as that team's best player, regardless if Tatis Jr. is out there or not. But the San Diego Padres are a team that you absolutely, absolutely have to give a look to, not only because of what they're doing right now but be, and because Tatis Jr. is coming back, but they have proven they will spend, they will make moves at the deadline. Remember, they were neck and neck in the whole Scherzer, Trey Turner thing with the Dodgers yeah. last year. Ultimately, the Dodgers won out, and it was a big boost, obviously, for them, for the LA Dodgers, and the Padres fell apart at the back end of the season. So the Padres deserve that credit. Let me, though, just take a chance to talk about the team that I did predict to win the World Series here, because if you are in New York, Ben, you've been here long enough, you know how this goes with the Mets. They mm -hmm. never expect to have nice things. Scherzer was injured. They said, see, we told you, we stink, we're going to be bad. You don't stink. You're excellent, and when you get back to Tom and Scherzer, assuming that happens, you should feel like you can beat every single team in front of you. Pete Alonso's going to make an MVP push. Lindor's starting to heat up. McNeil's back to, you know, a plus 300 batter. Nimmo, J.D. Dave, starting Marte. They've got guys filling in where they need him. The bullpen does enough there. The New York Mets were the team that I picked to win the World Series, and I'll tell you, as good as the Dodgers look, good as the Yankees look, Nothing is moving me off of that. The Mets are awesome. The Mets have won four straight games. They absolutely blew out the Washington Nationals last night at Citi Field, winning 13-5. to And they're doing this without their three best arms right now. Not only DeGrom and Scherzer, Tyler McGill is on his way back. He's not going to be delayed quite like Scherzer or DeGrom, maybe into the month of July, but he's not there right now and was sensational to begin this year. The Dodgers have won 33 games. The Yankees have won 33 games. The Mets have also won 33 games, and they have a nine-and-a-half game lead 
in the National League East over the Atlanta Braves. Every other team in the NL East making it easy for the Mets right now, all at least three games below 500 or worse in their straight-up record. But that was the conversation, Kev. Could the Mets keep pace? Could they build up enough of a cushion to withstand the charge from their divisional opponents without Scherzer and DeGrom? They're increasing that lead right now at nine <laughs> and a half games, the biggest divisional lead in all of Major League Baseball. So the Mets are minus 280 to win the National League East. The Brewers are minus 320 to win the NL Central. The Dodgers are minus 290, once again, to win the National League West. Kev, you highlighted the Padres as a team that could provide some competition in the National League. Where would you bet San Diego? Would it be in the NL West to make a run at LA, or would you look more postseason markets for the Padres? Awesome question. Awesome, awesome. So the thing is, like, plus 350 is obviously a big number, but it is so tied to a Dodgers. Like, the Dodgers floor is, what, 100 wins? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like it, you wish, you know what, you'd, you'd like an updated win total on the Padres w would almost be interesting. Yeah. They're, look, they're 8-1 to one to win the NL, and then you go to the World Series market, and they're 17-1. to one. If you like them to win the NL, you probably just got to take a big chunk out of it. But the problem is you are betting a wild card team, it feels like. So mm -hmm. that's where it's always tough for me, right? Like, if I'm jumping in now on a team, I have to start to feel super confident on their path. That's the problem, again, with the Dodgers and the Padres, is you, you don't feel as confident in their path, whereas the Mets are, and maybe the Brewers, but I still think the Brewers are just kind of getting a little – too much respect over St. Louis for me. I, I think you I think you look at the Mets. It's hard right now to buy into those other because forget how good the Mets are playing. Philly's conversation right now is are they gonna fire Joe Girardi? Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, Ben? So that's kind of my thing with the Mets, is you just you like their path right now. I would agree with that statement. I think it's a great path for New York when you look at the rest of the NL East. Please keep an eye on the Redbirds as well. The National League Central is going to go through Milwaukee. That's fine. But St. Louis is playing some good baseball. Paul Goldschmidt right now is having a fantastic statistical year and is the third best price to win the National League yes. MVP at plus 800. They so don't respect make sure you St. keep Louis. an eye. It's crazy. No, they don't. Like, just, like, no. They booked the Cardinals like that was the Pirates with that record. Like minus 320? Why? Like they have a bigger gap over, over the Dodgers and the Padres who are the Milwaukee? They have a worse run differential. Like, who are the Milwaukee Brewers with that price? Uh, like, a shorter number than what the Astros have over the Los Angeles Angels and everything the Astros have earned over their, their time there? I just, it, it, is a, it is a number that I cannot agree with at all on Milwaukee. I would agree. And I think it's going to be very interesting to monitor that divisional race, not only from an odds perspective, but standings perspective, as we now are in the unofficial start to summer following Memorial Day weekend. Now, Kevin is not only a basketball aficionado, knows everything about everything in the world of sports, also a big AL East guy, a big American League East guy, where you can find daily best bets out of Kevin Walsh when it pertains to the AL East. And now Tampa lost last night, snapping a two-game win streak on the road in Texas. By the way, the Rangers, the best run line record in all of baseball at 29-18. But Kev, the American League East is starting to look a little bit more like what we expected 
entering this year. The Yankees still a five-game lead, but Tampa's playing good baseball. Toronto, the Blue Jays have won five straight. The Red Sox have started to figure it out. Is what we are seeing now in the American League East look a little bit more similar to what we expected before this year got underway? Yeah, I, I think I think we said it last time. While the Yankees deserve to be favorites, I think they are probably a little bit bigger favorites than they necessarily warrant as it is still early in this season for a team that was by the way what co second choice to win the AL East to be a minus 210 with a five game lead does feel I'll put it to you like this Ben if you so yeah. they're minus 210 which would mean what every other team would be like a plus 180 if you offered the no basically on where the Yankees win the division that would be a very popular bet for people to grab just the rest of the American League East. The pro the, the worry sign on the Yankees is when they lose, like, do they lose any other way than by not being able to score? Like, look at their most recent, their, their most, their re- five most recent losses, right? One run, zero, four, one, two. Like, they lose because they all of a sudden just completely, like, I've had debates with people about this. When it comes deadline time for the Yankees, it's not going to be about pitching. That team has to add an all-star caliber bat to that lineup. The pitching has been fantastic for the pinstripes. It's probably been way more impressive than their offense so far. And when you have studs like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton's been sidelined a little bit. But when you got guys like Nasty Nestor out there, the mustachioed man, and Jordan Montgomery on the bump today against the Angels, and you see that minus-138 favored money line price, the pitching for the pinstripes has been the way so far early on in this Major League Baseball season. By the way, as you can see here, the Yankees and the Angels today in the Bronx. The Angels have lost five straight games, nine of their last 12, after a sensational start to this Major League Baseball season. Now four games back of the Houston Astros. Kevin stays for one final segment before he goes on vacation out west. We get his thoughts on your thoughts back on the NBA Finals in Fade the Public. Stay with us here on Sports Grid in the Morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out our first hour together here to start off this new week live on a Tuesday on morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. I am Ben Stevens. The inventor, though, of the Spiz Grizz network is Kevin Walsh. OK Dubs has been here for the entirety of this opening hour of TMA. In our first three segments together, Kevin broke down the NBA Finals for you. His prediction, the Boston Celtics winning the NBA championship in six games. But how do you feel about the duration of the NBA Finals between Golden State and Boston? Let's find out together and fade the public. How many games will it go? It starts on Thursday night. Game number one in San Francisco. The Warriors a three and a half point favorite against the Celtics. Kev, will it be four, five, six, 
or seven games? That was the question to the public at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. This poll still active and ongoing. And a majority, a good majority of the public, nearly 61%, Kevin, saying this is over in six games. They don't say who's going to win the finals necessarily, but over in six games, that matches how you feel at least. What do you make of these responses from the public? No, look, here's the deal. Forget almost what I think even for a second here. If you're looking to just make a bet, here's why I think six games works nicely, Ben. Most people, I would say, regardless of who you believe wins this series, would anticipate we go 2-2 two, two through four, right? Evened up through four games. You yeah. are guaranteed to have a chance to win your bet then in game six. Someone has to win game five, and automatically then your six total games transfers to a money line on either Boston mm -hmm. or Golden State and will likely be a better price regardless of who kind of that money line transferred to. So six, I think it makes the most sense for a number of reasons. Six games is plus 190 right now on FanDuel. Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of the early line, now off to the vacation. Kev, we appreciate your time as always. Hour two up next.